our study of God's Word, we're talking about attitudes that determine our actions. And we're talking about outlook that determines outcome and how we can look at things in the wrong way and have the wrong attitude, and it will determine everything. That's what happened to the people of Israel in the wilderness. They kept choosing wrong attitudes, and as they made those choices, those attitudes destroyed them. And we're talking today about covetousness, wanting, always wanting something more, always thinking we've got to have something, and always thinking if we don't get it, we're not going to be happy. But covetousness destroys our capacity to experience God's sufficiency. It makes you dissatisfied with so much, and you see, you don't trust God. And it's, even we do that in marriage. We expect our wives or our husbands to make us happy, and they can't. God never expected them to do that. Only God can give us peace and joy and purpose. Our mates can be instrumental in that, but they're not the key. We have to look to God first and then look to our mates, and God will use them to bless us. My wife has blessed my life in a thousand a million ways over the many years we've been married, but I discovered early in life that she couldn't satisfy my needs for happiness and joy and peace. Only God could do that. God never intended her to do that. She would quickly admit she couldn't do that, but as we trusted God together, he gave us joy and peace. And another thing covetousness does, it, it makes you miserable, and getting more and getting what you covet makes you miserable. You'd think it would make you happy, but it doesn't. For example, a study was made of, of eight lottery winners who had won millions of dollars in the lottery, and they were asked if they were happier now than they were then, and every one of them said no. One of them said bigger houses and faster cars don't make us any happier. They had discovered an amazing truth. They had thought, you know, if I'm as rich as so-and-so and if I'm as wealthy as Mr. Somebody, they would have an unbelievable kind of happiness, but they didn't. Howard Hughes is an example of that, the multimillionaire of the past. All he ever wanted in life was more. He wanted more money, so he parlayed inherited wealth into a billion-dollar pile of assets. He wanted more fame, so he broke into the Hollywood scene and soon became a filmmaker and a star. He wanted more sensual pleasure, so he paid handsome sums to indulge his ever-sexual urge. He wanted more thrills, so he's designed, built, and piloted the fastest aircraft in the world. He wanted more power, so he secretly dealt political favors so skillfully that two U.S. presidents became his pawns. All he ever wanted was more, yet he died emaciated, cartilaginous with his fingernails in grotesque inches-long corkscrews with rotting black teeth, tumors, and innumerable needle marks from his drug addiction. Howard Hughes died believing the myth of more, but more is not the answer, and that's Exactly what we've discovered. J. Paul Getty, one of the richest men of the past, uh, went through five marriages and at the end said, you know, he would give everything that he had for a little bit of happiness. So recognize that all of us have a covetous attitude down deep if we're not careful. We have to work on that by trusting God. Now, what's the cure for this, this craving for things that we all want all the time? Well, first of all, we receive God's provision of contentment. I want to read to you uh, a little section from the book of, of uh, Timothy. It's 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'm looking it up here in my Bible. I've almost got it. And um, I want to read to you, it's uh, chapter 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. 
for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and to many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I think it's important for us to recognize that God offers us contentment. Uh, my dear friend, John Bassanio, who is pastor for many years of First Baptist Houston and built the church into a great um, a place where God's word was preached and taught and where people came to know Christ, died a, a few weeks ago. And uh, back a year ago when the storm Harvey hit Houston, John and his wife, who was then suffering from a severe brain cancer, uh, their home was hit by the storm, and they lost everything. They lost their home. They lost every, all their possessions as the waters uh, were so high. And then 17 days after that, uh, John's wife died of the brain cancer, and he went to live with his son in Nashville, and he had cancer as well. And he died a few weeks ago, but a couple of weeks before his death, he was visited by some friends from Houston. And John shared with them these words that really touched my heart. He said, you know, all of my ministry and all of my message, all through my messages, I've preached that Jesus Christ is enough. And he said, when we lost our home and all our possessions, and then I lost my wife, and now I'm about to lose my life, I want to tell you I've proved it's true. It's been hard. It's been tough. But Jesus is enough. You see, that's what we're talking about. That's contentment. And the, the Israelites should have been so satisfied with what they had, but they were never satisfied. To say I have enough is to be satisfied. Now, that doesn't mean I might not need a new car sometime because the other one wears out. It doesn't mean I can't have a better house. It just means I don't have to. And if I feel led of God to do it, it's okay. But I don't need any more. I have enough to be happy if I have the Lord. And, and what the writer of Paul says to Timothy is if you have food and clothing and basic needs met. Contentment is like a breath of fresh air that comes to a person who's suffocating. It's like a, a sip of cold water to a man in the desert. And it means that something really satisfies us. You see, God's formula for successful living is godliness equals contentment, walking with God, trusting God, depending on God, letting God be the Lord of your life, and not craving all of these things that the world counts as so important. I think it's significant that we can take some steps to contentment. First, we can develop an eternal perspective about material things. For we brought nothing into this world, and we'll take nothing out. That's what Paul says. And if we have an eternal perspective, there's more to life than these years are going to have here on earth. And there's more to the things that are here. I read about a seminary student who didn't have any money, and he was asked to do a funeral, and he didn't have a black suit. So he went to the Goodwill store to see if he could buy a cheap one and something that was black and conservative. And when he got there, he found rows and rows of black suits, double-breasted, single-breasted. And every size, he asked the clerk, where'd you get all these black suits? The funeral home down the street went out of business, so we got all these extra suits they used to bury people in. Oh, he thought, it's a little gross at wearing a suit that was made for dead people. 
Didn't even remember it. He didn't have any money hardly, so it was the best option, so he bought one. And when he stood before the congregation during that funeral, he tried to reach into his pocket in the suit, and suddenly he realized there were no pockets. Why would you make a pocket in a suit for a dead person? They don't need a pocket. They're not going to put anything in it. It struck him as funny at the moment, but it struck him as profound also because there was something about it that reminded him what life was really all about. And I think that you and I can experience the same thing. And if we trust God, he will show us that he is enough. Remember that today as you go about your daily life. God bless you. Have a great day.